What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have Carl with us. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Thank you for having me on the podcast, and congratulations on setting it up. I like what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, just trying to get uh, you know a little bit of good information out there to people. There's definitely, uh, I mean, I see it more and more. We're just getting flooded with so much crap out there that I really feel like it's really hard for people to kind of weed through that, you know? Yeah. So tell us a little bit, what I want to start with, not, not really a new format, but like right now you're um, kind of running this awesome facility and just tell us a little bit about the facility you got right now and you know, kind of what's going on. And then we're gonna kind of take it back all the way and then kind of see how you ended up here. Sure, yeah. So uh, our facility is called CD Fit. Um, fit standing for not fitness, but functional intentional training. Um, so we really try to view the body as a complete functioning organism, um, not just compartmentalizing or as a physical therapist, you know, a lot of the standard protocols are uh, ACL tear, uh, we're going to compartmentalize the knee, we're going to strengthen all the stuff around the knee, not looking back at the roots on what started in the first place, is there you know, an imbalance in the shoulder, is the TVA not contracting, you know what I mean? Just so the we, bigger picture. Yeah, the bigger right? picture. Right, look at the whole body. Yeah, so yep. we look at moving functionally, so um, what we call, based off Thomas Meyer's work with the anatomy trains, you familiar with his stuff at all? A little bit, not a ton. A little bit, yep. yeah. So he just um, outlined lines of movement in the body rather than compartmentalizing joints or muscles and saying that the fascia, the webbing that surrounds the muscles, is completely connected. So the shoulder is connected to the foot, you know what I mean? The, the ear is connected to the hip, you know, yep. everything's connected. Uh, so we view that. Um, so we get people moving to how they should be. We try to respect natural biomechanical um, movements. So how people actually operate in space, we try to mimic those movements, not just standing up and sitting down with a bar or laying on your back and pressing something up, um, but how you would throw or how you would run or how you would walk or walk backwards or laterally. Um, and then intention, the intentional part, um, we look at why are we exercising? Are we just trying to look good in a t-shirt? Are we trying to get better at baseball? Are we trying to uh, you know, not be in pain walking up the stairs or picking up your child or you know, getting out of bed is a problem? Or you know, fixing the, the skirt on the Christmas tree was one of my clients' uh, problems that they wanted to work on. So intentionally awesome. approaching our workouts with what is our main goal? What, is, what are we looking to do? And um, let's do that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, that's what I, I love. I mean, we yeah. met a while back and like we did a training session together. And what I love what you did is just it just wasn't very typical, right? And so like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say closed minded, but like I just like the squat, the deadlift, the bench, oh, yeah. just like simple things. Mm -hmm. And like you really brought that intention or whatever, just like different, like, hey, let's do some rotation. Let's do some punching right. movements. Let's get in a kneeling position and then explode up into a standing position. Why aren't we doing these things on right. a regular basis and moving our body in different ways, which is just makes a whole lot of sense to me. The more movement variability we have, the better it seems oh, like. Oh, 100%. And there's nothing wrong with the squat, deadlift, bench, power clean, all that stuff. It's good. But if it's the only thing you're doing, and this brings back to an analogy that I heard. If you're familiar with Paul Check at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of so course. an analogy he says is like, yeah. you do your big compound movements, 
you're creating a big engine, right? And say we use an analogy of a car. So your prime movers, your primary movers are gonna be very strong. But if you don't have the brake set up or the hydraulic set up or the assistant movers or the, the small stabilizations, then you know, you can be real strong in a squat, in a deadlift. You can load up that compound move, stay in the sagittal plane, super strong, right? But if you get out on a field or a court or whatever your sport, you know, or on the beach and you're running around your kids and you have to then cut and move and decelerate and accelerate, then you have those big primary movers are strong, but when you go to do those movements, the assistant muscles or the stabilization muscles or the brakes or the hydraulics, like it's trying to go around a turn without power steering, you're going 100 miles an hour, it's not gonna, not gonna happen, something's gonna break down. So we, we try to view it like that. We'll still do the compound movements with people because those are good, central nervous system turns on, you get a big rush of hormones and endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the stabilization planes, the all the stuff that holds everything together, we really try to hone in on that. And yeah, you saw that with the Kaiser stuff, we're able to actually read um, on power reading screens, how much power we're producing one way versus the other way, so identifying muscular imbalance. If I bring somebody in and they have, you know, one hip can rotate 40% harder than the other, then we know we have to, we're not going to just put a bar on their back or load their skeletal system up with a bunch of heavy load because that one side is going to do more work than the other mm-hmm. so we like to identify that attack that before we program design yeah i mean i just love the the individualistic side of those types of things of just being able to like you know get some objective kind of measurements and then also just as you alluded to before like what are your specific goals and then focus on the intention around those goals i mean you're seeing it in physical therapy at least in my world probably not as a whole but like um Instead of strengthening the back and doing the deadlift, mm. we're talking about stuff like a Jefferson curl now where you're rounding your back on purpose because you want body to be prepared. Like you said, I want yeah. to cut on the sand. It, sure, I can be really, really strong in the deadlift and, and squat and get my glutes strong and like have these big compound movements, but that probably, and we know now through research, isn't going to translate right. specifically to a sport unless I do like we'll call it a weird movement. Let's do some weird movements. We do these yeah, squats now stuff. where we're like bringing our knees together on purpose, which would make mm-hmm. some, you know, trainers or PTs almost like look away and crazy. But like, I want to train that movement because it's probably going to happen on the field. Yeah. It's probably going to happen when I'm putting the skirt of my Christmas tree up. I'm not going to be in this perfect position all the right. time. So let's train that way. Let's train in these variable movements. And it's something that's so cool that you guys are doing and putting attention around it. And yeah. The system. Well, those weird movements are everyday life movements. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not going to just stand up and sit down perfectly loaded with something. What are you talking about? I do it every time. I, yeah. I brace my core. Yeah. I get my knees aligned. Yeah, and then I stand up every single time. I think about it. If you're helping your friend move a couch and you got to go yeah. up a turning staircase, you know yeah. what I mean? Those joints are going to be loaded exactly. differently. Everything's yeah. going to be loaded different. So if you get really good at training in one plane of movement, you're going to be good at one plane of movement. You're not going to be good. So with all our athletes, so we train a lot of athletes. My background was more injury rehab. I was taking people after physical therapy. I worked in physical therapy. I worked in hospitals. Um, but you know, as you know, a lot of therapy moves translate to performance moves really well because we can connect the body. We can say, okay, if your knees yeah. bum knee, then let's connect it to the hip and your hip to your opposite shoulder. If we can get that going, then we can see a lot of performance. Um, so, yeah, no, it's yeah. it's so cool. I mean, just being able to attack a knee problem by doing something at the shoulder most people are like well what are you talking about well like try to move your shoulder 
in a standing position without your knee trying to stabilize at some point, right? right? Like it's just, of course it's going to be a natural thing. You know what I mean? And Shoulder just, bones connected to the knee bone. Right. Yep. It's just <laughs> at its basic logic, you know, putting that stuff together. So yep. maybe pull us, I could go off so many tangents and I won't sure. just yet. I will. Um, but tell us how you kind of arrived at this stuff. Like you say you have some sort of rehab and hospital background. There's yeah. got to be some training and fitness background too. So sure. maybe take it back. How'd you even be getting interested in fitness and, you know, strength and sure. you know, all this So stuff. I was always an athlete growing up. Um, went to college, decided not to play college sports because the, um, you know, the, oh, this is just, this sounds lazy, but <laughs> the practice protocols were ridiculous. And I wasn't going to play professional sports. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I would totally so, agree yeah, with that. It's yeah. not lazy. It's just <laughs> yeah. like a quality of life thing. Yeah. Like, and, oh, you enjoy. know, yeah. join a fraternity. It was having fun. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of in the back of my brain that I liked that stuff. But then, you know, I went through, I was a history major for a little bit. Then moved into marketing. But took an exercise kinesiology class with a guy who really turned my perspective on things and had an introspective look at the body. Really followed what he was doing. Went to school for it. That, I mean, uh, I was bought in, right? Um, and then, you know, as anybody who kind of is good in their field, they're a constant researcher, a constant pupil. So I did a lot of external research on my own. Bought a ton of books, watched videos, did everything I could do to learn as much as I could. Why did you uh, do that? Like, what? I just had a drive. Okay, Everybody just like, I'm really interested in this. I need to learn as yeah. much as possible. Well, I okay. started studying nutrition. I started, started studying how the... You know, human mechanics. I, I did get yeah. into Paul Check way back in the day, and yeah. I read his book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, and watched it. It was like a 16. I, I remember walking to a public library and with, you know, old school fuzzy headphones, yeah. um, watching a 16 part nutrition series on soil. It was called Soil, the Dirt Facts. So he, you know, said how we're depleting the soil, these night NPK fertilizers are being used, the food's a lot different than it used to be, and I was like, oh man, it kind of opened my eyes to some things. And then yeah. I took an internship working with a lot of Czech practitioners. I was like, okay, these guys are on something. Um, then I started off my career working as an excess physiologist for a, a hospital system, and that was all geriatric-based. That was taking um, blood pressures and blood sugar readings, pricking people, before, during, and after exercise. So really learning a lot of what happens in the body as we exercise on a meta, like a... Yeah, cellular metabolic cellular, level, whatever. Cellular, yeah, yeah, metabolic yeah. level. Um, so I became very good at tracking data because we had to for a hospital. Then I went into some sports performance stuff, um, working with a guy who was on the Olympic sprinting team. We did, we worked with professional college high school athletes. It was a, an awesome facility outside of Philadelphia. Um, learned a lot but it just wasn't the right fit just because the uh the work environment was not a, a suitable work environment for anybody yeah it, that's as far as i'll go with it sure so there's then, a lot of that stuff yeah. in gyms that <laughs> yeah, manages yeah. part of it yep yeah um, we had a conversation earlier about exercise but i mean we had an nba thing. certified basketball court the only other one in pennsylvania other than the one the sixers play in we had a cool. piece of the track from the athens olympics shipped in 60 yard piece where we would you know, film sprinting mechanics. We had five weight rooms in the place. We had a six-yard turf field. So we, we did a Sounds lot. Of, awesome. Did yeah. train some serious pro athletes in Philly. Cool. Um, but then moved into working in physical therapy. That was yeah. my the main uh, my main stay in Philly. Yeah. Um, very good physical therapist. Joe Zaret uh, has Zaret Rehab in Rittenhouse Square. 
um, right off Rittenhouse Square in Center City, Philadelphia. That's where I learned how to use the Kaiser stuff. The guy was a brilliant guy. Um, I mean, every year we'd bring in Don Chu. You familiar with him? Mm, no. like, he basically invented plyometrics. Oh, Don okay. Chu, uh, cool. San Francisco guy, old school physical therapist. Did a did a lot of good stuff for the for the field. Sure. Um, and I got very spoiled working in that field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean with with those guys. So I, I did that for a couple years. What would you be doing there? Like you were. I was an exercise physiologist. So what, what we did was. Did you work directly with a physical therapist, or again, would it be directly after rehab? With, no, directly with. Okay. So the facility was a three-store facility. Um, the first floor was all Kaiser machinery. Second floor was treatment. So there were five physical therapists on staff, a bunch of massage therapists. Is this independent, or is this hospital associated? Independent. Dang. Yeah, that dude, awesome. yeah, he has it going on. Rocking it, yeah. yeah. I basically modeled my business after his. Sure. Um, and then, so when a, when a client comes in, when a patient comes in, they do an assessment with the physical therapist and one of the senior exercise physiologists, which is what I was at the time. Um, so we went over everything from, you know, the, you know, the tests, the manual yeah. tests. Whatever, manual muscle testing, yeah. range of motion, yep. and some performance stuff maybe, yep. yep. And then they were given an excess protocol, and every two weeks it was updated. Um, so everybody, when they came in, they checked in at the front. They did an hour of exercise before they saw the physical therapist and massage therapist. So they were there for about an hour and a half. Um, so that really gave me a good insight on how the body's working, um, into identifying problems, into how to fix problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then my wife and I got married, and we picked Charleston out on a map about five years previous we did a lot of research on the east coast Charleston's okay. a redi- I can tell you a hundred stories of why it's the best place to live in the world yeah um, but uh, when we moved here you know I was never a trainer but I, I needed I needed to work out so I went to eco fitness at yeah. the time uh, started folding towels at the front desk you know nine bucks an hour hanging out started um, it was just a weekend closing shift then talked to the owners about Hey, uh, I see what your trainers are doing, and they're doing a lot of wrong things. Can I start training here and working with people? So I got certified in personal training, started uh, just building up a client base, then eventually took my client base from there, rented another studio, and then from there opened up a, a facility. Cool. Yeah. yeah. With the basis of you know making people function at optimal level, athletes, post rehab injury, average Joe, weekend warrior, doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, the principles are the same. It really should not change. Yeah, You know, it should maybe by degree, but not in kind, right? Yeah. To get cliche. Yeah, that's, uh, I was listening to something, you know, Laird Hamilton, you're familiar with him? Yeah, Surfer guy. He was saying, it doesn't work if it only applies to a small sector. 80-year-olds should be able to do it. 8-year-olds should be able to do it. 25-year-olds should be able to do it. You know what I mean? If it's, when we're training, if we're looking at, obviously you're going to have your freak athletes, that you're going to be, you can like do whatever you want with that. Yeah, let's have fine. some fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got a Ferrari, you're going to drive yeah, it on the Autobahn. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's basically. Yeah, well, you know. I love it. I mean, um, just in in general, what would you say is some of the big differences that you were doing that maybe some of the other trainers weren't doing? I mean, obviously, the functional stuff, maybe just like kind of at a at a grittier level. Yeah, I would say thinking. Um, like actually like looking at my client and yeah. saying like what do you do all day what are the chronic things that you do all day not just putting what, them in a protocol to say yeah, not just saying therapist. like okay we're gonna push pull hip hand yeah we're just gonna burn more calories than you put in like okay that yeah. could work but like let's make this yeah why are we doing things what are we doing it for what is our intention 
um, tapping into what's your sleep cycle like? What's your, or, you know, what's your hydration? What you mean those things matter for health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm at a gym and I'm like, you shouldn't even go to a gym. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just I mean, what's your, drink. what's yeah. your, uh, you know, what's your stress level like? How are you uh, mitigating non-native electromagnetic fields that we're all into now? Yeah. Um, you know what? How's your brain? You know, because if your brain's not working well and your relationships and your work's all messed up, doesn't matter how hard you grind in the gym, something's gonna break down. You yeah. Know? So that would be the big thing I would say is not just calling it a job, making it a I really care about person. Yeah, yeah, and you need to do that. You need to go through those deeper levels. Yeah, way deeper levels. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's levels to this game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I mean it's just. It's the same thing with rehab too, right? So somebody's in pain, they come see me, mm-hmm. and like, sure, I, mean, I can maybe provide you some symptom modification and like uh, get you stronger, but I don't want this to continue to creep back up. And if you're not sleeping well, you're not hydrating, eating the right food, if you um, are not finding a way to manage stress in an effective manner, you know, sure, exercising can still help some of those things, but it's not going to eliminate those yeah. first three. Uh, I agree, and I like I like what you're doing. Um, how you address those kind of things. And one thing that I read on the description of your podcast was that modern medicine has failed us. Yeah. Right? So, and I don't actually think it's their fault. It's a symptom management system right now. Yep. Um, which I think physical therapy can fall into sometimes. Sure. So can personal training. So can everything, right? Um, but when, if you're good, if you're good physical therapist if you're a good personal trainer you're you're we're not just trying to put a band-aid over it you know the, the medical system's a right now just a product of what we're looking for we're looking for hey you know my elbow hurts Ooh, make it stop fix. hurting yeah. <laughs> yeah put a shot in there yeah or give me some pills um whenever we're looking at the what we do you know what i mean i think we have to dig a little bit deeper yeah and i think i mean we can go off that tangent um, for days, but I, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, the what medicine, at least for what we have it in America, I feel like is made for somebody whose you know leg got cut off and got yeah. needs to be amputated. We say that person's life, or a heart attack, or um, you know something super super serious. Acute. One, yeah. right? Or yeah. two, just some sort of like uh, symptom modification, like a beta blocker, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can do that, you know, I got diabetes, I can pump insulin in my body, yeah. right? And I can get a needle and I can do that or I can make this drastic lifestyle change and cure my diabetes, right? And so right. that and that's kind of what we're doing, right? Like modern medicine is made for this thing and I don't think people understand it. It's made for those two things. Mm-hmm. If you want to tackle and get to the root cause and be fixed, I don't love those terms, but they're easy for people to digest then you can go attack all these things. And now you've got these providers like you and like me and some of the functional medicine stuff and all the stuff yeah. that I talk about in this podcast is there and you're ready to tackle those things. Finally, people are starting to have that conversation, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and I think the consciousness of it is growing. Yeah. And I think people are realizing like, okay, when they see all the problems that are, I mean, man, uh, improperly prescribed medicine is the third killer in America right now, like that's insane. You know what I mean? Whether it's a surgical flaw or improperly prescribed prescription drugs. Um, so people really need to get a grasp on, you know, am I taking care of myself? 
So I say, it, yeah. I say the, the medical system, when you say it has failed us, they're doing their job as the Band-Aid. The thing that has failed us is our our food system, our, our sleep system, our work system. All the systems play into part that lead to these chronic issues. You know what I mean? We've outsourced our food to mono agriculture. We're using all sorts of farming chemicals. Uh, we're looking at screens that are a few inches in front of our face instead of looking at expansive views. Our brains are overstimulated, keeping us in sympathetic. You know what I mean? We're very, man, I saw a study the other day where people were put in a room and they were given a, a button that if they pressed it would um, initiate an electric shock to them. Have you heard this? Have you seen this? No. So, please. <laughs> most people in the beginning of the study had said that they would pay not to get shocked, right? They would yeah. pay money not to get shocked. Sure. But put them in a room with their cell by themselves without a cell phone. People don't know how to breathe. People don't know how to calm down. They shocked themselves. I think they averaged like thirty times in five minutes. One person did it like a hundred sometimes. Because they were bored. Because they're bored. They don't know how to be with themselves. They don't know how to shut the brain down. They don't know how to. Uh, get into parasympathetic. They don't know how to breathe. We're mouth breathers now. 200 years ago, we shifted from nose breathing to mouth breathing. So they don't know how to get oxygen and, right. you know, get in theta brainwave state. Everybody who just listens to this podcast started consciously thinking about where am I breathing? Because <laughs> yeah. I just did. I was like, I wonder where I'm breathing yeah. from. You yeah. know, yeah. I couldn't agree with this more. Like, um, so we just traveled a lot mm-hmm. and we had, uh, my son and I just had some downtime and he's like, well, what can I do? Like, you know, I want to play my iPad or I want to, um, mm-hmm. you know, will you play with me? Will you do something? You know, I was like, well, you have two choices. He's like, you can go rest, take a nap, or you can just sit and just like, just sit and do nothing yeah. and be bored. I think we forgot what it's like to be bored yeah. and like, let the creative engine just kind of just sit and just be like, just sit. I like, yeah. it's okay. You it's, can just sit. Why do you have to do stuff? You know, but You'll it creates a lot of anxiety better. for people. Like it does. Cause you know? they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to be by themselves. They don't know how to do nothing. Attain theta brainwave. They're always in alpha. They're always in Paris in sympathetic. Yeah. They're always in fight or flight because it's social conditioning. We're, we're placed in these, Look at people scroll through through their phones. Oh, clickbait! Like, yeah, it's like, click click. It's like oh that, that like, I like that so, I like yeah. that. Oh, that makes me mad. Oh, that makes. Me... You're driving down the street. Somebody cuts you off. Oh, you know what I mean. Oh, that that input, jerk. Input 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 input. Yeah, all day. Yeah. There's no shutdown. So getting people into the, just realizing that. You know what I mean? It's okay to like go yeah. to the beach and breathe and watch the sunrise. Yeah, I mean step yeah. one is like right realizing that it's a problem yeah. you know and then step two is how do you manage that i mean yeah. even just like okay meditation right like that's a great way to channel some of that and just sit with yourself but also i just thought about that it's still something that's like it's still an input like i'm going to go do that as yeah. opposed to like i'm just gonna not meditate i'm just gonna just sit like yeah I, i'm not gonna lie that gives me a certain degree of anxiety as well yeah. just to think of like i'm gonna sit and do nothing because i have so much to do there's so many things i want to get done but I know for for a fact, I've written this down in like my notes. I make little notes for like my life. And just like sometimes you just need to like go for a walk and just oh, not do anything. Don't listen to a podcast. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I get it. Just the sitting in a room and just doing yeah. nothing is fine. But like you could just go walk without, you know, um, you know, listen to this podcast when you walk though. But like just go walk and just like listen to Of course to this birds. podcast, but it's hard not to listen yeah. to a podcast when you walk. I'm, I do enjoy podcasts. That's... It's insane that we have this much free information these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're overwhelmed with free information. When we were growing up, how old are you? 36. 30, yeah, I'm 34. So we were growing up, this wasn't a thing. 
If we wanted to look up something up, we had to go to the encyclopedia. Britannica, <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I had to feel like fine with this thing. Yeah, right? man. Go to the library and, yeah, now. If you couldn't remember, like, who was in a movie, you'd be like, ah, what? I don't remember who that was. Now I think about like, that all on, the time. Get on to Google and. I spent a yeah. month trying to think of who this actress was in this one movie. Yeah. And now I can just, I actually make myself, re, I'm in a group of people, I'm like, what was that song? And I'd be like, don't Google it. We're mm-hmm. going to wait. As long, and 90% of the time, you can think about it after yeah. a couple minutes. And that also gets a little scary. And this is a side tangent. And we won't get on it. No, but I it love brings side me back to like Orwellian Society in 1984 where, did you ever read that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So where he was part of the system that rewrote history all the time. Rewrote mm-hmm. history all the time. To the liking of the, the main thing. Yep. Google is that. <laughs> if you don't know something, you could say, like, who was in Tommy Boy? And if you Googled it and it said Michael Jordan, you'd be like, oh, it was Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, you would just blindly follow you it. You would just blindly follow it. Google is the new... Then we'll be done on that. But yeah. Yeah. history yeah. is... can It's what we perceive. Like the Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, I read a, a book. It's called Thank You for Being Late. You'd be fascinated by it. But mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of going on a tangent, but it's fine. But, like, the way technology is going forward, mm-hmm. it's exceeding the human brain's ability to adapt to the new technology. And there's an exponential increase in technology, right? And so, like, what it took us to get to the Internet and get to where we are now is taking us half the time to get to the new evolution. It's going to keep, keep taking us less and less time to go further and further. Yeah. We're going to have less time to adapt. You know what I mean? Before it just gets... I mean, it's already out of hand. I can't keep up, and I'm fairly technological, like, savvy and really intentionally trying to keep up, and it's yeah. still, like... I'm intentionally trying to do the opposite. <laughs> there you go. I'm so bad at keeping up with that stuff, man. Yeah. You do a really good job of online presence. Yeah, I I've, try to. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to scale it back. I've tried to... But, I mean, for the business, you have to. That's but the challenge, I don't right? like being in front of a screen. I don't like... You know, I know that the screens are flashing at a certain flicker rate that yeah. hooks you in, man. Yeah, you know which is I mean? like everything. I mean, we can go we can go down this path as well, but like it's just like food, or it's just like uh, you know technology and like getting people's attention. Like you want more mm-hmm. and for less. And yeah. So that's in the country we're in, they're gonna do is right. Yeah. So like you know, I want the food to taste good, and I want you know. And the people who are building the food want you to eat as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna, it's like this self-reciprocating yeah. thing. And this is what I was gonna talk about before, and I forgot. I think there's also this balance, even in healthcare, of your own personal ownership of your health as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, it sucks that food isn't ideal. Okay, it sucks that when you go to your doctor, they're just gonna give you symptom modification. But at what degree does a person need to just say, okay? I can go research, there's a lot of information yeah. on what's optimal for me, and I can go find a provider, or I can do the research to figure out, like, I can go get locally sourced foods. I can. Yeah. I can go, you know, intentionally not be on my phone. There's apps out there that will just, like, not let you log in. There's ways to do it, you know? So there's some degree of that ownership yourself, too, that I think oh, we need to we, understand, too. That's what we try to teach people, man. That's, I am 100% on board with that, because that that is, you... If you let yourself become a victim of the system, you'll be that. Sure. You know what I mean? So, ideally, getting locally sourced food. We live in Charleston, South Carolina, man. There are farms everywhere. Yep. At our at our gym, we... And I, I think I showed it to you. 
we have a complete yeah organic medicinal herb fruit vegetable garden we have a like no space and we put out i would say dozens if not hundreds of pounds of food a year and just showing people look you can do this how easy we, it is we run it yeah. in a permaculture society uh which means we grow other plants that you know they're they benefit each other mm-hmm. so some plants bring up nutrients for this plant this plant is a yeah natural, cycle things in a positive yeah, the, way this this plant puts these nutrients back in this plant prevents pests um, and you know I give him my gardener's information the guy's dirt cheap and he does an amazing job it's like you can grow this stuff yeah people don't understand how how wrecked the food system is when we look at mono agriculture when we look at growing one crop on a on a field right you go to the Midwest it's all corn soy wheat that creates a desert you're stripping everything out there was a study done that said who's a British Soil Society, which is one of the best researchers in soil in the, in the world. Um, they said if you ate a head of lettuce today to get the nutrients from a head of lettuce 20 years I've ago. I've read that before. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You, you have, it's so nutrient deprived. There's so point. nutrient deprived. Yeah, do like 100 heads of lettuce. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. Yep. It's because we've stripped the topsoil. We're adding NPK fertilizer, nitrous, potassium, phosphorus. So it creates these beautiful, shiny plants that have no nutrition. You know what I mean? So we were very adamant at our place about pH testing our soil, making sure our mineral balance is correct. Um, when people look at nutrition, they tend to do macros. We try to s- uh, steer them away from that. We look at where's it coming from. Doesn't matter, you know what it is. Is it if it's a plant? Where was the soil? What, why are you eating that plant? What are the nutrients? It, mm-hmm. You know, is it magnesium, iodine, bromine? What are you looking for in that plant? If it's a an animal, was it locally sourced? Was it how how was it murdered? <laughs> was it in a super stressful factory yeah. farm where it saw all of its friends and relatives get murdered in front of it, and it's fed this GMO? I crap? can't watch that stuff. You know yeah, I mean? well, it's <laughs> yeah. tough to watch that stuff. Yeah, oh, man. Well, if you're gonna eat it, you should do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's it's super interesting um, stuff, and it's just conversations that that we need to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Um, it's tough to tease that stuff out. I mean, can you supplement that stuff? I mean, maybe to a certain degree, but is it going to be as healthy as eating it naturally? Right. Most likely, just logic would tell you that most likely, you know, not. You know what right. I mean? That you probably would need to eat your normal foods like your anybody normal else. Foods, and specifically for assimilation. So if we look at supplements in general, supplements are mostly synthetic versions of natural chemicals, mm-hmm. right, that are isolated. So every chemical is to say we take magnesium and we, in nature, it is in a vitamin and mineral complex with a specific ratio of fats, carbohydrates, proteins, right? When you extract that out and you put it in a powder or a drink, your body doesn't know how to assimilate that, right? It doesn't have that fat, carbohydrate, protein, enzyme, whatever ratio to help with the absorption, that mineral or vitamin complex to assimilate that. Um, so basically your body sees it as a, and this is what Making I- Making autoimmune yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Stuff so too. to make that complex, it'll extract other things. It'll say, okay, well I need this B12 and this vitamin C, and it'll pull that out of the system. So when you, you think you're doing something good, adding this thing into the system, it's actually pulling other things out. Yeah. So with supplementation, I always look at, um, I heard an analogy where, what part of a watch make tells time? Uh-huh. The whole thing together. Right? Sure. So if we just take one little piece, 
then we're looking at what do we have here? Nothing. It doesn't work, right? So if we take the whole plant substance or the whole substance, that's that's how we assimilate the nutrients. So supplementation can be good. Um, I've also heard this analogy where they, if you're driving a car and you veer off to the road, veer off to the left, supplementation is that pull to yeah. the right. What we recommend right? is yeah. if you're going to supplement, at least go get some legitimate blood work done. Get legitimate see, blood work for and sure. See, okay, yeah. I am actually fan. Like vitamin D is very, very common. Like, yep. okay, you can supplement with vitamin D. That makes a lot of sense. You probably should just go get, you know, four or five hours of sunlight a day, but some people physically can't do that. They're trapped in an Ten office. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And um, then you might have to supplement that stuff. You physically can't get out there. It's possible. So yeah. it's, you know. One thing on vitamin D supplementation, though. Mark Sorenser did a book called Embrace the Sun. He talks about vitamin D supplementation. And he says that vitamin D is a precursor to all of our other photonutrients being there. Yeah. Right? So if we take that vitamin D supplement, our body thinks that we have all those other things. So it can actually, it can lead to all sorts of things. Specifically, in Mark Sorensen, the book Embrace the Sun... Uh, I heard Dr. Marcola talk about it. I heard him talk about it. I read the book. I listened to the book. Gets into it. If you're worried about sun exposure, you should read that book. Um, it, it basically says, do not supplement vitamin D. Get it from the sun. Because yeah. it's, it, it's just a marker showing that we have all those other... The nitric oxide release that we get from the sun. The vasodilation yeah. that we get from the it's sun. Just, you know, the, it's so hard because it's such a... De- like, the bottom line is... You know, there'll be people who are like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm sure you've heard it before. Oh, like, okay. oh, what are you talking about? The The bottom line is what I tell people who, who may be some of the naysayers is we don't understand it. And the bottom line is most people are sicker now than they were a very, very long time ago. Right. Yeah. And so um, you need to kind of at its core figure out what works for you. Like, yeah. OK, cool. Like stop your vitamin D supplementation. Go get some sun. Yeah. See if you feel better. Go play. You're probably yeah. going to feel better, right? <laughs> You're like, going to feel better. You know, yeah. go get some locally sourced meats. Try it. If you don't feel better, cool. Like, whatever. Yeah. Go back to the old way, right? And so yeah. people just need to be open, which is the challenge sometimes, to being able to just challenge what we see every single day. And, like, if you get nothing else from the conversation, start just asking some of those questions and trying some of these yeah. things and see if you, you feel better. I mean, we've, you know... I've gone down almost all of these rabbit holes, right? And it's yeah. really, really challenging to get somebody who, let's just call it a typical kind of like American fed diet, to get them to what to the stuff you're talking about. There's probably oh, six yeah, levels sure. of transition yeah. that kind of need to happen to even go down there. So it's like, um, if we can just get people to start just asking these questions, yeah. I think we've kind of won. It's, it's you know? crazy though, man. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. No, it gets nasty. I mean, it's the power of denial too. People like, are leading their they're leaving their health options up to advertisers. They're saying, oh, I, yeah. I see that on TV. And think what those people good. are motivated by. Yeah. They're not motivated by yeah. being, you know, being super healthy. They're motivated, yeah. So it gets, uh, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of like human-based fallacies that if you want to go down that road, you can go down that road too. 100%. But, you know, um, you know, just challenge some of your normal beliefs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like simple as that. Challenge yourself in general. Put yourself in stressful situations. Lifting yeah. weights. Yeah. getting in ice water or working on your try, dude trying to meditate and breathe it's harder than anything that I do yeah uh, after 30 seconds I'm like this sucks I'm not yeah. doing this anymore yeah but if you, if you push yourself a little bit you know that's why you know I hear you always say people can adapt the yeah. human body adapts um, make it you know you have to challenge it to adapt yeah you have to challenge it to come adapt yeah, yeah. Yep. luckily our body 
adapts to stress in a positive way, not yeah. a negative way. The I best mean, you could, way. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, you challenge yourself, you're going to, I mean, there's always that curve where if, yeah, if you, there's never deadlifted in your life and you try to deadlift, you know, yeah. eight times your body weight, probably not going to yeah. adapt in a positive way. Exactly. More, if you dose things correctly, 100%. Yep. It gets, uh, it gets thing. No, man, uh, those are just some good tangents. I like that. Yeah. That's uh, that's such a cool path that we kind of went down for sure. For sure, man. I love it. So many cool things. So, um, what do we? What do you say we do some uh, Spitfire stuff? Sure. Cool. Um, the one question that I always forget, but I'll I'll do it now before I forget. Um, and it'll be I'm really interested to hear your take on it. But what do you think your definition? What is your definition of kind of like a healthy human or a healthy? person like what does that look like to you um i would say just being conscious being conscious of not only how your body's operating obviously we're in that field so being conscious of your body but being conscious of the food you're putting in it where it's coming from where it's sourced from being conscious of your mental state your relationships your work your stress levels um just being aware that's, I mean, that's that's a big thing. A lot of people, you know. I like your, that a is lot. Your, is your sleep okay? Is your just take a step back and get yeah take an inventory. We've I mean that's been a yeah. theme in a couple of them. And those are the ones that have always been most impactful for me. Is like just you know again you're reacting and you're getting input all day. Mm-hmm. You never have a time to so just step back. So much input. People don't understand. There's so much input. It's insane. It's I I mean what it has to be a hundred thousand times more per day than it used to be two hundred years ago. Easy. Easy, <laughs> like Easy. it's insane, especially with these screens and everything. And no uh, information, the human brain can process is yeah. kind, of, kind of amazing. It's crazy, it think is crazy. It. but yeah, take a step back, be conscious of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you can just do that, I feel like you're really, yeah. really taking a huge step because that's the biggest challenge, even for people who are relatively healthy. Yeah, you know, just like, all right, what's, what's going on? How do I feel today? Cool. Um, all right, Spitfire, here we go. What are you best at? Um, Probably just, man, what am I best at? <laughs> uh, be, being able to read people and yeah. just know intuitively, empathetically realizing their space. You name it, I've probably been through it. Injuries, being super poor, having stuff, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's been there, done been that. Been there, done that. And you can, like, and hey, relate, I can relate. Relate. Yeah. And I would say connecting on a personal level on why I'm trying to help them relate relating yeah you it's a challenge I mean? for a lot yeah, of people dude, it's, man. I think it's really important if you're in some sort of service industry you gotta be, be empathetic man you gotta realize like this person the difference might be maker, having a why you've been successful. super yeah. bad day and they're coming in here this is you know they're spending money make this the best 30 minutes or hour yeah. of their day you know what I mean so yeah oh, was, that's a great there. tagline yeah <laughs> you know yeah. CD fit the best 30 minutes of your day <laughs> yeah. I like it uh, what do you struggle with What's something you suck at? Uh, breath work. Yeah, it's the hardest thing I do. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I... Running I, your own business is tough. Yeah, so dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress, dealing with, you know, running a business, training all these clients, finding time for myself, doing my physical training, doing my martial arts training, doing my cold baths, doing my nutrition. The breath work is the hardest stuff, man. Yeah, so it's taking care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you give so much. Especially yeah. if you're kind of an empathetic personality, yeah. and kind of a serving, servant heart. You know, it's sometimes yeah. you're like, all right, I got to take care of myself, or I can't affect. We got to put that um, oxygen mask yeah. on yourself. On. 
yeah. before you can they do a good job I, I get down on the beach watch the sunrise a couple days a week yeah. do some breath work but yeah. that's more than most people that right but you can always hard. do better right that's something always that, do yeah. Better, yeah. yeah for sure so um I feel like this is going to be redundant, but we'll see if you say the same thing. What's the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? I'm going to give you a couple things. Okay. Try to keep, try to see as many... We live in Charleston. It's beautiful here. Go to the beach and try to see as many sunrises as possible. Set your circadian rhythm up. Build up a solar callus. Get that vitamin D in. You can you know improve your your vision through... Are you familiar with Egyptian sun gazing at all? No, Have you done that? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, so I reverse my vision through looking at the sun, which sounds yeah. ridiculous. Um, but in the first hour, last hour, get as many sunrises in as you can. Um, I would say during the day, eating locally as much as you can, um, being very conscious of your food choices. Yep. I say ice bath all the time. I love it. Um, and then at night, unplug your Wi-Fi router at night. I heard yeah. somebody else told me that too. Yeah, just unplug your yank that thing out of the wall. Shut it's just down. so easy to do too. Like why not? There again, there's no negative. That's why I always tell people these things. Thing like, for years, what's the man. negative side of doing that? Hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, cool. Do it. I took a trifield meter through my house a couple years ago and measured the electromagnetic field coming off of the Wi-Fi router. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. So rip that thing out of the wall. Get rid of all Bluetooth. Get rid of all electromagnetic fields in your bedroom. Because it. It, it can. I keep, put my keep, phone out of my bedroom more just so I don't look at it when yeah. I wake up in the morning. But or here's if, an added benefit. If your phone's in your bedroom, so sometimes I'll listen to podcasts like this one yeah. at night. Um, I put it, download it, put it in airplane mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? There you go. And if you're using headphones, don't use the ones that are the, the ones that are wireless because they only connect to one side and it'll send a signal through your brain to the other side and it connects to the right side send it to the left so getting rid of those disturbances those electromagnetic field disturbances will allow you to get into parasympathetic and then work on the breath work at night but yeah I would say sunrises good food ice bath and then unplug Wi-Fi router got it yeah. I like it three for one everybody got three for yeah. one today alright here's just some fun ones mm-hmm. now that we haven't already had a lot of fun what is your walkout song? Uh, that's a very easy one. Natasha <laughs> Benningfield. Uh, it's the, uh, what is it? Natasha Benningfield staring at the blank page before you or window? Staring out the dirty window. Okay. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I can't yeah, think yeah. of the song. I've heard that name. and like. So just... softball, I make them play that when I walk out to bat. It's, okay. it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Now window. I don't Natasha have to go back. Natasha window. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I have to, I have to look it up. If you ever watched The Hills back in the day, it's a theme song for The Hills. Oh, yeah. is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Dun, 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 dun. Staring yeah. Yeah. Of, dirty of course I watched The Hills. That's yeah, like right. That's like the beginning of reality TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But that song's great. Yeah, definitely. Either that or the one that Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out to. Okay. Either one of those. Yeah. yeah, I used to. Never mind. We won't go there. But yeah. I'd smash beer on my head and drink yeah. it like Stone Cold. Yeah, of course. In high school. We didn't. <laughs> that's, that's a better question. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite cartoon? Uh, favorite cartoon? Can be current or a previous. Mm. Cartoon. Did you watch cartoons as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Ren and Stimpy was always up there. Sure. Hilarious. Yep. Um. Yeah, I'll go with Ren and Stimpy. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know what the name Morty or something like that. It's like the new Ren and Stimpy. Which okay. I've, people told me it's like hilarious. Nice. Like Ren and Stimpy was. I haven't watched it yet, but I've had multiple yeah, was, people tell me. I haven't watched TV Man in years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Probably a yeah. good thing. Probably get more done than most people. Um, 
last TV show you watched? Just answer that question. Yeah, so, well, I do, there's one show that I'll watch sometimes if I'm trying to fall asleep at night. Well, I'll, just, I'll listen to it, but it's The Office. For okay. Sure. Oh, yeah. man, we've had that repeat in, the, in our office, in our nice. clinic. I'll just put Huge on Netflix. Oh, God, so good. I've seen every episode hundreds of times. <laughs> uh, last book you read? Oh, that's a good one. Um, or one you're currently reading? If yeah, you like. I'll give you a couple that I'm currently in. Uh, the one, What Doesn't Kill Us by Scott Carney. It's a Wim Hof book. Um, Embrace the Sun by Mark Sorensen. Uh, the Placebo Effect by Joe Dispenza. Was re- have you read that? No, I've had Joe Dispenza. Tell me. Yeah. It's freaking crazy, man. Yeah. It's, it's boring in the middle. Just, I get it, it works. <laughs> we yeah. don't need any more examples. Um, that was really good. Uh, I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately, so I haven't been. Yeah, those, those three are good. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, last one. Tell people how they can find out more about yeah. you and, and your. So we're CD uh, Fit Charleston. Um, C is in cat, D is in dog. F I T functional intentional training. Um, we use Charleston as our tag. That's on Instagram. So CD Fit Charleston on Instagram. Um, we're right here in Mount Pleasant uh, by Bowman and Chuck Dolly. We're the place with the ice bath out front um, and the organic medicinal herb, fruit, and vegetable garden. Um, website? Website, www.cdfitcharleston.com. Cool. Yep. Awesome. But yeah. That's it. Definitely go check them out. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot, man. I, I really, really appreciate your time, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget, educate yourself, empower others, and take care of your body. You only get one.